Welcome everyone to episode 49 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast series, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology-related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnon. Now, with the attention span of a goldfish, I find long government papers can be baffling, I'll be honest, but also good at hiding the positive and the negative aspects of what it's aiming to cover. And so with the government's new paper on joining up care for people, places and populations, I met with Microsoft's integrated care specialist, Helena Zaum, to get to the heart of the bill to find out how it will impact local authorities and the NHS. So grab a brew, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. And how do you have it? As a flat white, skinny decaf. Do you have too much of it? Too much, yeah. Then we all. Phone or text? Text. More time or more money? More time. Yes, more time. Impulsive <laughs> or considered? Considered. Now, we're here to chat about the uh, the government's new paper that's recently come out. The Joining Up Care for People, Places and Populations paper. It mm-hmm. seems like a, a really obvious thing. To, there's lots of good stuff in there that the purpose behind it or the idea behind it seems really positive. Why has it taken so long to get here, do you think? Oh, gosh, look, I think the financial difficulties around social care have been running for many, many decades, actually. And so I think whilst there are there are voices in the sector that have some concerns about what's in the paper and there's lots of debate about it, as you'd expect, I think it is great that at least we've got something to get started with and a, and a basis from which to move forward. But yes, I think successive governments have, have struggled to deal with the social care issue. And, and at least now we've got progress, but I do think all party consensus around the need for change is is there, which is, uh, you know, which is really, really positive. What do you think the challenge is going to be then? Because it talks a lot uh, correctly about the use of digital technology and, and the management of data, better data governance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can just imagine the, the difficulties in connecting, you know, NHS into um, local government authorities. But what do you think what the challenges are in, in delivering I, on the paper? Yeah, so, I mean, I think I think there are a number of, a number of challenges. There are some financial challenges in there, right. obviously. And it's great to have some funding. We, we could always do with more. And so, you know, hopefully this is just the beginning. <laughs> uh, you know, I think everybody in the sector is hopeful that there will be more. There's some great things about the paper. So particularly people in receipt of social care who are living and breathing these services and um, have been quite widely consulted, which is really, really right, positive. Yeah. And as you say, um, also, you know, how the um, opportunities around data and digital have been explored, I think is quite positive. Uh, for my side, one of the things I think is a little bit missing from that is you know the role of local authorities who obviously have an important role to play in terms of orchestrating orchestrating things and equally you know uh, some of the additional responsibilities that come in through the government's previous uh, previous paper the changes to NI etc which we know have not necessarily been very well received because there's concern that they place disproportionate impact on people who were already struggling with their finances anyway. So, you know, I think those are those are some of the challenges. I think an onward going, or should I say, a, you know, a, a challenge which has been there for some time and which remains is how much value we as a society place on social care, how important we all think it is. You know, is it an election issue that is uh, that's an ongoing concern and I think that that influences the way that government handles the NHS and then also handles social care so I think from an individual standpoint you know we as citizens we all need to step up and thank the people who both orchestrate and then deliver this care 
and make it clear that this is an issue that matters to all of us. It's not going to be easy, is it, to, to get no. this in place at all? No, it's not. But it's, you know, it's good that we've got got some lines in the sand. Yes. And, you know, we can we can get started. And I think, you know, certainly it's it's interesting to to hear and see the level of, of interest that's beginning to come out of the Department of Health and social care and, you know, the teams that they've set up to get moving on the social care agenda. So um, I think there's lots of grounds for, for optimism. Still lots of work to do. <laughs> Still lots of work to do, yeah, absolutely. We, we did um, a piece of research recently that found quite interesting. When we asked the local authorities felt it was going to be the biggest challenges in implementing on this paper, a lot of it was to do with the relationships that they had with healthcare organisations. And that was quite surprising. It wasn't, it wasn't so much a data or technical challenge, not even a financial one. It was the relationships that they felt were, there was a bit of a challenge there. I mean, is that yeah. something you've seen in, in some of the work you've been doing? Yeah, definitely. So in in terms of the challenges, Michael, I think the integrated care system policy work and and the fact that those are now kind of coming uh, coming to fruition, if you like, presents some real opportunities to sort of rebalance some of those relationships of of trust across the system. I I do think that the debate is still very dominated by the NHS and and the part that comes out in how those bodies and structures are built. And but I think actually in the integrated care partnership component of that, those structural changes is the bit where local authorities and also the third sector and other local partners will really start to come in. And I actually think that's where the rubber's going to hit the road in terms of that's where these relationships of, of trust need to be formed and grow uh, and I actually think technology's got quite an important role to play okay. in supporting those relationships of trust so if you think about the opportunities created by you know having a shared digital workspace using teams to collaborate having virtual meetings etc it really has brings an opportunity with it to bring in more partners and I think that it also allows for sort of sustained communication, which I think ultimately forms the foundation of trust. But I do think it's very important, further to the point that I was just making, that we as citizens and also government decision makers are very clear that social care is every bit as critical as the work that's done by the NHS, because ultimately you know, social care and public health, in fact, those two areas really have the opportunity to help us create an efficient, say create, it's already been created, but yeah. you know, to sort of breathe new life into the NHS yeah. at a time when its pressures have never been higher. I think um, also in the research that we recently did, there wasn't anyone that said that this was a the wrong thing to do, the wrong way to look at it. It, was a, it wasn't perceived as a negative. It was just perceived there was lots of challenges in doing it. But I think ultimately authorities and healthcare organisations understand that there's, there's significant benefits in connecting information and being able to often, this was banded around as well, creating that 360 degree, 360, <laughs> 360 degree view of a citizen, okay, yeah. to help them preempt problems that they might be facing. So what sort of benefits do you think there's going to be in following this paper? Yes, I mean, one of the things that that I argue for, Michael, is that when we think about the sort of digital infrastructure, if you like, for an NHS, ICS organisation, we get often, particularly on the NHS side, kind of quite obsessed with the idea of, you know, an integrated health and care record. And of course, that's kind of chronological 
capability is very important for clinical decision making. And there's lots of other things that go into the kind of digital infrastructure bag for an ICS. Well, one of the things I think it's very important that we have, and this I think very much speaks to the social care and kind of community based agenda, is a single view of an individual which brings in information not only from that integrated health and care record, so the statutory information, but also information about, for example, day-to-day patterns, information actually that the Internet of Things can deliver us about, you know, actually has somebody's daily routine been a bit out of whack? Are they going to the loo more often, waking up later, you know, not making a cup of tea, not going out? Information from the home is another uh, another thing. So we know that housing is absolutely at the root of good social care. But if people are struggling to get in and out of their home because it's not adapted for their mobility challenges, that can be a massive issue, leads to loneliness, which we know has a really big impact on people's health. And then there's other things. So there's information from the community that might be information provided by uh, the third sector. So, you know, perhaps Helena's mum hasn't been to the groups that she normally attends. That could be a sign that something's not quite right, or perhaps the air quality's out of whack. And if you're a person who's living with COPD kind of breathing challenges, that might be a good reason not to come in to town that day. And, And so I think we very much need this 360 degree view of an individual, which goes much beyond the health and care record in order to be able to deal with the wider determinants of health and make sure that getting on the front foot and delivering proactive services. How important is information governance in managing the information between the two then? Do you think we need to get a consistent data record? Is that probably the wrong way of saying it, but do we need to get more commonality in the information that's flowing between authorities and or healthcare organisations and the NHS? Yeah, look, I I think so. But I think there's two different ways of tackling it. And we probably need a bit of both. So the first is that we as citizens need to have much more control over our data, who's using it and for what purpose. And I actually think we've all had a little bit of a lesson in this with the NHS app and the sort of COVID response and the test and trace apps and things like that. So we're actually more informed about what that means than we would have been pre-pandemic. So if there are any Silver linings, I guess that's one of them. But I foresee a future whereby, you know, I, Helena, will decide which bits of my record I might want to share with you, Michael, as my physiotherapist and with perhaps uh, my mental health practitioner. And I might decide to give you access to some things and not to all. And I think that that's the sort of future we're heading for. So that's a really important component of the jigsaw puzzle. In terms of information governance, so that sort of more institutional agreement about what's being shared and and for what purpose. I, I think the paper is a little bit unambitious in that space, but it's at least saying that we'll you know anonymized data that that should be that should be shared that's a good base camp i think that we need to be more ambitious about that and you know some areas already having some some good success with sharing of health and care information so i think that we need to you know learn from others and build on that success it couldn't be a more critical area though michael and it comes hand in hand for me with some other important areas around responsible innovation, good use of what I call assistive intelligence rather than artificial intelligence in this market. So for me, these things all form a a kind of area of focus that I think ICSs need to be addressing as they get themselves kind of fully set up. How are we going to use this data? For what purpose? How are we governing it? 
And then also, how are we doing this in a way which is which is responsible? Because there's huge opportunity, but we need to um, get hold of that opportunity in a in an ethical way. I suppose then that will answer the the kind of final question, which is if you could if you had to recommend how to implement this, would it be starting at where are you now? How are you using information today? What where does it reside, and who's using it for what purpose? I think there's and it's one of the struggles that ICSs have at the moment is that you know there are quite quite aggressive timelines around how all of this is going to work. We've got digital difference across both NHS organisations. So, yeah, yeah. And um, social care organisations in terms of their starting point. So, for example, there are quite a lot of providers of care who don't use digital records. And that's one of the great things that's come out of these papers is actually we're going to do a focus on that and really support digitisation in that sector. So it's really hard to say, you know, where to start. I mean, I think digitising everybody's records is absolutely critical. Getting people collaborating and communicating as one team using digital means, I think, is another really important one. I'm taking out some of the rubs of people having lots of different sign-ons and, you know, three laptops and all this kind of thing, you know, all these stories that you hear. So I think there is some like basic plumbing to get on with. I think that information governance and responsible innovation needs to be part of that kind of base camp consideration. So we need to get some kind of rules in place about how we can explore this joint data opportunity. But it's very clear to me, unless we get our data act together, we're not going to be able to deliver services which are preventative or anticipatory and we're not going to be able to deliver services which are personalised and that's really important particularly in social care but I think the NHS also wants to deliver care to us which resonates and works for us as individuals so um, yeah goodness and uh, you know a lot of work to do exciting times though the underlying message of the paper is a positive one connecting citizen health and care records to create efficiencies and reduce blockages in getting people the best care. But it faces a number of challenges, a lack of budget, technology incompatibility, general scepticism and strange relationships. Yet it marks for many the start of something truly transformational. But to deliver on it, it requires a united technology and data approach from across health and social care organisations. And that will mean better collaboration and communication between all parties. And of course, technology is a key enabler of this. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves.